All right, so we are recording. We're live. Look, this is Ask Us Anything, okay, about research, clinical research coordinator, associate, uh, site owner. Did you guys hear? Thanks to Judy, I heard about the site owner, the site in Florida that got basically raided by the Department of Justice. And they turned two of their coordinators in for fraud. And then the coordinators took a plea bargain to tell the full story. It's that's drama right there. That's like basically making up patients. And, uh, you know, Judy was asking, like, how is this even possible? Well, Judy, I guess <laughs> there's there's a lot of things that are possible, but. It doesn't do anything to help Florida. Florida already has a bad reputation from sites. A lot of it, there's a lot of good sites in Florida, but unfortunately, this kind of stuff tends to happen a lot over there. And yeah, well, I mean, what do you guys think about this? What do you think, Judy? You're the one who brought it up. Like, you're surprised? Yeah, because there's a lot of oversight in clinical research, the sponsor side, CRO side, all those people that are looking at everything. I mean, how how did it get this far i guess you know did everybody drop the ball nobody was looking at the stuff in detail i mean like there there should have been lots of areas where this should have been brought up way sooner before you even got to that point yeah i think i was doing i did a podcast with chris on it today and you know i was saying like maybe they we don't know the details but maybe the unsung hero could be the cra who discovered this um because one of the ways you can discover it all is if you actually look at blood samples, like the lab results, and then you see, okay, these ones look similar, and now these ones look similar, and pretty soon you're like, what's going on here? I mean, it still takes like a, I guess, a observant CRA to find it, so... No, but the, the lab results are going to a central lab. Somebody's reviewing the data behind the scenes. That's what I'm saying. Like that on the uh, sponsor, like whoever is the one that's responsible. I'm thinking that should have been caught too, right? Not the C. I mean, that's great if it was a CR. I don't know the details. You know, this was like a little yeah. short article we've read about. So it well, wasn't much in there. <laughs> I don't disagree with that, Judy, but they're not probably comparing at, at sponsor level patient to patient well i guess they might be looking for specifics like things they're concerned with but, yeah. but comparing specifically every lab to every lab for all different all the different values I, it's not something i envision that they do though they may uh well they've done it for studies we've worked on <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah where it's been brought up various values visit to visit and questions and stuff so that's why i'm just you know oh, i figured yeah. there was a lot of things in place to prevent this from happening but i don't know we don't know the details <laughs> would be interesting to find those details all right exactly. to find night two. <laughs> just started raining just making some quick feather sticks uh, somebody has something to say, or oh, or is that accidental? Hold on. Let me I think, yeah. Hey, Teresa Smith. Wait, it's been a while since I've done this. I'm slow. All right, here we go. I got it faster. It's been a while since I've been having to mute people. Uh, all right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm. It'd be nice. We'll never know the details. Uh, in regards to that. So anything else? What's exciting people these days? 
CRC Academy. How's it going, Monica? Aren't you supposed to be teaching a CRC Academy right now? Uh, no, now it's Mondays at 4 p.m. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. <All right. laughs> the previous class finished last uh, Tuesday. Oh, okay. And they have this week off, and then we start the internship next week. Okay, I got you. Yeah. So um, now that we're talking about everything, <laughs> I was uh, one of, well, one professional, uh, he is a doctor from overseas. He's been applying to different jobs and he point out something that was quite interesting. And, she, and he was mentioning that he has seen in different companies that they have, I mean, obviously diversity has become a, a very interesting, a very important part of research and basically Every single industry now is advocating for diversity, right? But in research, it's very important, as we, we, we know. And, and he was mentioning that many organizations have, for example, for African-Americans, a specific uh, day, uh, um, like um, job opportunities or, or like job fairs for this minority group, right? But there is not, nothing, nobody has yet done anything for Hispanics or for Latinos. And I would like to mention that right here, many of the uh, sponsors, uh, hopefully a lot of them seen this video and uh, bring this to the table because there is not organization offering a uh, job fair for Latinos. So any comments about that? <laughs> Apparently nobody. Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah that's, what I, that's what I see. <laughs> so what, but what, it, like, what's the, who would be the beneficiary of doing this? So, I mean, the pharmaceuticals, if they want to bring diversity on their, uh, uh, on their, um, I mean, job um, force, workforce, and they are doing it already for African-Americans, why they don't do it also for Latinos or for other minorities. Like, I mean, the larger, mm. the largest minority in the United States are Hispanics. Why is this not happening? Yeah, so we've been and talked to some sponsors. I mean, they're interested in this, but it, I don't know. It doesn't seem like the, um, the desire yes. and the actions meet, match up. Yeah. yeah, I mean, everybody talks, but nobody really is doing anything about it. So I think that's a, that's something that we need to to start um, thinking about it. Why is not um, um, the Hispanic community being uh, taken into account in this kind of affairs? Yeah. It would, I guess, be um, nice if we had more of a sponsor representative or somebody to talk more about, like, what goes into their job fairs, where do they, when they focus on specific, you know, backgrounds, diversity um, targets, how do they decide that um, to give us more of an insight, right, on how all that works. So what else is new in the industry? You guys seeing, uh, well, Ashley's getting on in a bit, but as far as CRO activity hiring, sites hiring. You know, I know a lot of our members, when we started this group in 2020, a lot of the members back then that were looking for jobs, most of them um, 
got hired. And actually, a lot of them are on their second or third job already. So we've been seeing the industry still busy at the site level too. There's a lot of studies out there for sites. Um, a lot of activity despite this recession talk. And so I haven't, has anyone noticed the slowdown? I'm just curious if anyone has noticed in any segment of this industry a slowdown. I would imagine maybe phase ones. No, I haven't, but I've read I've read comments here and there about certain jobs or areas where maybe they were holding back on hiring, but it seems pretty busy. Seems pretty busy, same as last year. Yeah. Yeah, we hired two we have two coordinators and uh I mean, now that I'm working at the site level again, it's bringing back all these inefficiencies that I see. Like um, one example today, I had a patient texting me because they're supposed to do this uh, breath test and they can do it at home. And then they they FedEx it. We give them the air bill and they FedEx it. We pre-label everything. And the vendor's losing everyone's lab kits. And then the vendor is saying they don't have it. Where's the tracking number? And now the patients, like, luckily they kept it and then they found it. But it's like they talk about patient centricity and doing all this decentralized stuff and they can't even manage like some simple thing like this. Imagine an entire study like done out of a box, which is kind of big pharma's goal for the industry. I mean, eventually it's going to happen like the convenience thing, but I don't know. There's too many vendors for it to happen cohesively, in my opinion. Yeah, I think there's aspects that are going to change, but not the whole thing. And it still requires the site staff. Look, at you just talked about the patient texting you. You had to probably look into it. And then eventually, like, you guys figured it out. But how many people did it involve to get to that answer? Oh, right? we had a patient quit. <laughs> we had one patient. This is the second that I'm aware of where they lost their kit. And the patient wow. doesn't want to do it again, so they quit. So that's, like, I don't know what value that is to the drug company, but a randomized patient is... I would say pretty valuable, no matter what study you're doing, like to get that data. So that's their, um, you know, that's a case where like convenience maybe that's supposed to make things easier for the patients actually making it much worse. Yeah, I agree with you, Dan. I think uh, that's why the, the sites are so important because if, imagine if it's difficult sometimes to manage sites, that know what they are doing, imagine how it is managing patients that is the first time or, I mean, even if they are professional uh, patients, <laughs> which nobody wants one of those patients, right? But it could happen. They don't know what they are doing because each study is totally different. So they need to still re-educate the patients. They need, I think the sites are extremely valuable, extremely needed, and obviously, is is a key factor in research and it's the best i think it's the best place for people to start their careers and or even end their careers or anywhere in between i mean i know some cra's who got sick of traveling and prefer to work at site level again even though it's usually a pay cut so we'll we open it up for questions from anybody if you're on mute just unmute ask type um discuss anything at all career related um how to network you know we're always looking for ways to make networking better for us not just for latinos for 
everyone in this industry this group is open to everybody in the industry and you know our our ultimate outcome is to increase minority participation in clinical research so somebody raised their hand but they put it down yes that uh, it's uh the dr ptp <laughs> yeah yeah it's me it's how's it me. going yeah it's a good so first I'm going to introduce you myself. I am just coming to USA as an immigrant and I did my uh, family practice for 16 years in India. And uh, right now I'm working as a operating manager in urgent care, but I'm interested in work with the clinical research. So what is the pathway for me to do the mm. same thing? All right, does your urgent care do research? That might be no. too obvious. Okay. I figured no. no. So two routes. There are urgent cares that do research mm -hmm. out there. Uh, where are you located? Atlanta. Okay. For sure, there's urgent cares doing research in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. The second route is more ambitious, but you can bring the idea of doing the research to your urgent care and talk to the management there about doing it. And then mm -hmm. figure out how to bring the studies there. And then you could be the coordinator and then ultimately director. And that's good because from there, you basically create your own job. You're like an intrapreneur. You're like, you're like a acting like entrepreneur, but you're just not putting up your own money, but you're putting your time and effort. So those are the two options. If I were you, that's what I would do. One of those two. Find mm -hmm. an urgent care in your area that does research. There's tons or mm -hmm. bring the opportunity to you for the more ambitious uh, yeah. amongst yourselves. You know, that's like a more exciting way to do it. And who knows, like it might be more lucrative too. Yeah, but I, I have doesn't any experience regarding clinical coordination and everything, but I know all these clinical things and what is happening, but uh, yeah. what how to put in the system and I... I I look your most of YouTube videos and everything, and uh, I am interesting. This is the interesting field, so I can get it in. If Bring it to them, man. Like you seem like a go getter. Like talk to them tomorrow about it. And Say, you know, hey, look, just, we have to do research. So sorry to interrupt that. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, and if there were to be a scenario where you bring this to your management and they say, "Hey, you know, um, well, this is, sounds great. Numbers and figures sound great." but how can we ensure that you have the background, you have the knowledge set? Well, you know, if, if you can't negotiate them on that end, um, we also have, you know, an option. We created the, the you know, a research university for this reason. Um, so you are uh, previously or currently practicing clinician. We have the clin uh, PIs, clinicians and uh, clinical research college where we help you know, certify you in that aspect and so that you could also do that or tell them hey if you feel like you need you know more um i say more foundation say well sponsor me let me take this this course so that i can bring it to you and say hey i have it now let's let's do it i can train other people let's do it right so there's there's Man. always there's a bunch of different resources out there it's just you know if you're willing to find it and then again it's a I also feel like when you get the first no, it's it's a, not a, a failure or an official no. I think it's a way to negotiate and see what is it that they're missing from you in order to be able to give you the yes, right? So it's just, it's constantly going and trying to figure out what it is that, that you're needing as opposed to just hearing no or hearing, well, maybe 
just always trying to figure out uh, a way around, right? Okay, okay. I love having Monica and Ashley. Oh my gosh, like <laughs> the sales pitch is so good, Ashley. But yeah, that's like <laughs> the route. That's the route I would go to. But obviously, our academies would help you. Like then they could sponsor you. But seriously, man, if you're an IMG, like you're a doctor, you could figure it out. It's at the end of the day, it's just following the protocol and following good clinical practice and start with one study. The mm -hmm. good thing of you doing it this way is you don't need to risk like starting your own site you're you know the they have profits so they can invest and you just have to sell them on the idea yeah you have the book the this book or from the five hour video no no i don't have okay well just message me your address i'll send you one tomorrow and then read it and then go talk to them about it and set that up set that up asap okay. or or the easier way is to Go to a competitor, urgent care that is doing research and work with them. Atlanta's huge, so I know they're there. Mm -hmm. okay, Was this okay. also a scenario where you're trying to create something on your own, or you're just trying to get into the industry? No, I, I want to first get into the industry. Okay, so with your background as a clinician, um, especially if you have any hospital experience, because I know that right now a lot of CROs and sponsors that are opening a gateway or pathway for clinicians, they're looking more specifically for ones that actually have particular hospital experience. So if you have that exposure or urgent, urgent care, um, you what I would suggest specifically for PIs or previous clinicians um, is reach out to a recruiter. Now I know for, for those that don't have clinical background or aren't licensed uh, clinicians, sometimes what happens is you know when they reach out, you know they don't necessarily respond as quickly, but for those that are licensed or that have background licensing, they respond very fast. So I would recommend you going to sponsor CRO recruiters, very easy, find them on LinkedIn and then look for recruiters in the highlight and then say, hey, I am, you know, have this much background, here's my resume. I really wanna get into the research industry. You know, uh, I have a lot of hospital experience. What can I do to help you uh, help me kind of a thing, right? See, so doctor, yeah. the world is your yeah. oyster. You have too yeah, many options. That options, I don't, I like it because it's going to work, but um, I feel sorry for the urgent care because they're not going to do research. Yeah, uh, I mean, that so is actually, option. Beatrice just put a, um, on a, um, a post. She says, we have an emergency department at Children's Healthcare, healthcare or Atlanta, so there are units doing, doing it, even if it's emergency department. They do this research various uh, of various types. Thank you, mm -hmm. Beatrice. Thank so, you, Beatrice. Yeah. There you go, doctor. You connect with Beatrice right now. She's on probably on LinkedIn. It's an emergency <laughs> department in child. It's very yeah. Children's health emergency department at Children's Healthcare. There are units doing it, even if it's emergency department. They do very yeah. There's a lot of emergency research too. And mm -hmm. the good thing about urgent care is you don't have to only do emergency research at urgent care. You can do traditional outpatient stuff too. Yeah. You got too many options, doctor. Not not too little. Too many is your problem. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to take that book back, man. You don't need it. Awesome. So I know I jumped in a little bit late. Apologies, everybody. But so what was the, the starting topic? I know that uh, we started asking questions or was there something that got the conversation rolling? 
Yeah, the start was fraud in research, but that wasn't so interesting. <laughs> the uh, Ifiani, my question is, why is it a challenge for a black IMG? So another international medical graduate with multiple clinical research training in the U.S. and clinical research experience in Africa to gain experience into the, it's tough for everybody and it sucks because I know and Beatrice, you'll be next. Thank you for raising your hand. Maybe this is like a good system Zoom thought about raising the hand. But um, it's tough for everybody, but it's mm -hmm. actually easier for IMG. And like Ashley just said, you know, you're an IMG as well. Just take her advice. Go to CRO, contact Ashley, um, contact everybody on this LinkedIn, contact every site in your area go like in person, hand your CV. There's still a labor shortage in research. I know other industries are drying up, but we're not doing mortgage, we're doing research. And if you have interest on a particular, sorry. Uh, actually, if you have interest on a particular uh, therapeutic area, you can also go to the to, uh, to a clinical trials that go uh, type that specific therapeutic area or condition and look for the studies, the industry studies that uh, that have listed the sites, and you can actually reach out to the sites specifically that have that therapeutic area. Yeah, and I actually would recommend that for foreign medical graduates instead to see if they you could probably get in easier at the site level. Um, you would be a good coordinator, even you know, can move up from there. I I know at our site because we do psych CNS. I'm trying to get a few approved as a rater on a lot of the diagnostic and you know rater questionnaires um, because they have that medical background, but they're new to research. So I think that's a place where I can get them started and trained on. So it just depends um, at the site level what therapy area there's a lot of things that we we at the site level can try to do with a foreign medical graduate if they really want to bring them on and need the staff it's yeah, to too easy for imgs too easy i agree and to piggyback on what judy just said i do believe that site level is much much easier because of the processing i know that with zero's responses sometimes the scenario not always but sometimes the scenario is that um, when you have an individual who let's medical license background um, yes, they come with all that knowledge, but the thing is, it's a different type, I guess you could say, uh, thinking perspective as to how you're going to approach certain aspects when it comes to the clinical background and to the research clinical. And so what I feel sometimes may happen is that they feel like they have to train a certain way or train longer or things like that, depending on what, you know, how they're trying, what, where they're going to be directing you as far as the position that you're going in for. And so because as you know, going into it for a CRC at site level, you're getting the full exposure and it's still very much the same setting, right? As opposed to when you're going to sponsor level, a lot of times you're gonna be a monitor. So you have to take your, your you know, you say your, your medical goggles from site perspective as a, you know, clinic, as a physician at a site or as a clinic at a clinic and be now a monitor perspective and kind of think a little bit more outside the box. So yeah. I think it's way easier going mm -hmm. through the site level because you still have the same, you know, same perspective, same scenario and everything. And then at that point, you get exposure to what monitors actually do. And if you feel that's something that you want, um, definitely go that route, right? Just a few months ago, and I'm I'm sure Judy was in this situation at one point too. Like as a site owner, I had no employees just a few months ago. It was just me and a few business partner and my wife. Um, I would have, I was putting ads. I was asking every single MA in the office, do you have any friends 
have them come interview because the dot my PI told me not to not to hire any of his staff. So I asked them <laughs> if you have any friends. Uh, I literally was at the point I would have hired anybody who walked in the door <laughs> to interview. Nobody did. Okay, now I have two two people. I'm very happy with them now. In hindsight, maybe it was blessing in this guy's guy. I have two very good ones, but there's so many sites like that in that situation. You've just never heard of them because you haven't Googled it. So just Google it. Yeah, and, and or, or go to clinicaltrials.gov. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, as a site, we have these these bumps. Like sometimes we have enough staff, sometimes we don't, sometimes we do. And you never know when you might go to that site who's actually looking to hire or was about yeah. to post that ad and was like, oh my gosh, you know, we'll just train you and bring you on board. Or just um, go every day. They'll get yeah. until they get tired of you and they'll hire you just to uh, have you stop bugging <laughs> them. We yeah, and then like had somebody guys, in the past like that's that. a great sorry oh no i was gonna say i think that's a great point because i think one of the things that we hear a lot is you know mm -hmm. the whole talk about diversity and in clinical research and and in general how we need to have more of the staff look and feel and represent the communities to get more of the diverse patient population but there are also studies that find that if if you don't have all of the criteria or you don't meet all of the the I don't want to say rules, but like the desires on the job posting, a lot of folks are inclined to not even approach the job at all. So from your perspective, do you think it is important for folks, even if they don't meet all of the criteria to even still take the leap? You know, if they don't have all the experience just to put themselves yes. out there, not be afraid to, because we may not have right the experience that, that others do, but we just networking and, and taking the first step this first leap I think is the first start so I would love for you guys to opine on that yeah I mean I would like to say something on that I think 100% um, so on the side what I do with my clients when I help them with their resume or their mock interviews and things like that um, I use myself as a perfect example as well as multiple of my other clients that have gotten positions um, so for me, I only had about one year experience before jumping straight into the CRO. And even at that, I wasn't a clinical research coordinator. Um, I was a medical assistant slash medical transcriptionist. I barely had any exposure to direct you know, patient contact with research or anything like that. I just kind of assisted on the side in a hybrid clinic. The thing is, though, what I did was I Googled research, right? I looked up down. I got a deep dive about, I would say, three days full straight um, of Every research got a full understanding of the difference and the uh, the correlation between the clinical, you know, site perspective and then what research and how it differentiated and how it was different the same. And so I was very like thoughtful about okay, how do my skill sets that I currently have transition into this industry? Which I tell everybody all the time, it doesn't matter where you come from your background. All these skill sets, whether it's data entry quality assurance, customer care, all these things uh, that are very basic and at the very foundation of the most starter positions uh, in, every, in, in any industry can transition over. The thing is, it comes down to your confidence, how well you can sell it, right? And, and how well you can, you know, speak to the person about, hey, you know, yes, I only have this, but I can easily do this based off of this, right? Like you have to give examples. I think that's one of the biggest, you know, issues is, right? It's like you have these people that have really great resumes and a lot of great background experience. I had a client who was a clinical research coordinator for, I'd say about 20 years. She could never move up into the CRO, 
never move up. And she did multiple interviews, things like that. And so finally, when I did, you know, about two breakdowns with her in a mock trial, it was very clear that she wasn't being able to, you know, clearly define how she was able to take her skill set from this level to the next and do it accurately with training, right? And so, and that happens. And then, and then you have people like me that just, I talk very well, um, well, I feel I talk very well and I get my point across. So, you know, I had part, rarely any experience and I jumped straight into CRO, right? And that happens. I have other clients that have done that too. And so again, it's just utilizing your resources, you know, coming to, you know, our webinars, getting some information, going to other webinars, getting that exposure and being very clear about the strengths that you come with, right? And, and you know, coming to the interview and being forward with what you can do and what you want to bring in, like your, your goals in that role. And, and then that goes again to where you're talking about diversity, Cassandra. I think that for those types of individuals, definitely going at site level because a lot of the times, especially in rural areas, you will find that the coordinators, medical uh, medical office, uh, medical managers or office managers, whatever, a lot of them come from the ground up, right? They'll start as uh, an MA or, you know, front desk secretary, and they just literally like work their way up in those clinics and or those offices. So uh, if you can show the passion and you can show your like a uh, fortitude you have and what you're bringing to the table, you can really give some have somebody give you that opportunity. Um, my first job in a hybrid clinic, I had no clinic experience, and I actually offered a year, a uh, year, sorry, a week's worth uh, of work, free of pay, so that they could test me out and see how fast I worked. Right? I they saw it, they gave me within what three or four days, and I got hired. Right? And so again, it's just what are you willing to do? How are you standing out? Right? And um, making sure that that person really sees you. Right? Because a lot of the time, I feel people are nervous when they come forward and they're like, well, I don't have what it takes. Everybody does, right? Especially for those that really want it. It's just, how are you doing it, right? Sorry, long rant. <laughs> Let's cut to Beatrice. Beatrice been patiently waiting with the hand raised. <laughs> hey guys, good evening. Thank you for having me. Um, my question is more on building and maintaining relationships. Um, I do work at the site level uh, currently, and I just want some advice on how to uh, create a good flow of things with monitors that come, um, you know, just, yeah. How do you, how do you maintain those good relationships and, and don't feel like someone is um, stabbing you in the back with reports? <laughs> well, <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, I guess <laughs> the one of the things I I'm lucky that I was able to be a contract CRA for like four years um, on a part time basis. So my perspective changed a lot doing that. Um, if you can make their job easier in any any scale, like just take their difficulty down even a half a percentage point or whatever you can do you're going to make a lasting impact on that person. And that's like your network for life, basically. And if you just keep doing that for all the CRAs that come through at your site, I mean, you've got, you're going to build a great networking for you just, just within your own site. So anything you can do, you'd be amazed at the sites I went to, like, especially the big academic medical center as a CRA, I went in there. They don't really treat you well. Like they just put you in a room, Nobody comes to check on you. If you have questions, you email them. This Imagine you're emailing them 
when you're at the site then so they're not answering you till you leave so if you could like make their life easier helping them get their action items done or maybe they can't contact somebody at the site you go out of your way to do it that's probably the best thing you can do like most impactful um if it comes to like your own colleagues i'm not sure because i don't know what the culture there but that's my advice for like external like dealing with monitors and such um, no, I don't mind. That's advice. <laughs> From a monitor perspective, uh, when I deal with sites that, I mean, there's there's different types of sites. There's the, the sites that, you know, are just very flowy, everything's great. And then you have the ones that are difficult, as in, you know, you actually get kickback and they're like not just complying at all. And then you have the sites that are difficult in the sense that they're short staff. There's a lot expected of them on all ends and they're just falling behind on things like that, right? So if it were to be a scenario where let's say your site or your coordinator and, and it's that scenario that you're, you have, you're pretty much overworked, you have a lot of stuff going on and you can't seem to keep up. Um, what I personally love when a, uh, to work with a site that I keep the good uh, communication with is when they say, hey, you know, look, this is what's going on. Um, we're short-staffed, X, Y, Z, and I know I have a lot, and this is probably messing with your metrics at your CRO or sponsor. Um, however, I want to do what I can to help you. So is there a way or there's steps we could do to where we can work on what's priority, right? Maybe like four or five things or three things. And and then from there, we'll, we'll kind of work at that pace, right? And then eventually get to that point. Sites that are like that um, are always the ones that like we appreciate the most because we, on our end, also fully understand that it's just there's just so much to do all the time. I mean, me literally, if I if I put my mind to it, I could literally be busy from five, six a.m. all the way till seven, eight p.m. with how much work there is constantly rolling in as a monitor, right? And so, and imagine as a CRA actually having to travel on top of that. So, um, and I'm I'm remote, so I don't I don't even know that extent of 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 stress that they go through. So yeah, like what Dan said, as well as you know what I said, just finding ways to to work around and 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 just always working together thank you so much sure very helpful uh roger iglesias how's it going thank you for hand raising maybe this is good for the future yeah for sure um so i wanted to ask you then so you know i'm based here in miami so um and i'm you know planning on creating a or opening a research here with my dad um, so how can I uh, differentiate myself from other competitors here uh, that are more established? Uh, it's going to be your patience. So if your patients are being seen by your dad, your dad's practice, right? I've, I remember interviewing you now, but it's been a while. He has private practice? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's your differentiating factor. And really, like, sponsors... Miami is like a almost radioactive for sponsors these days. Like we just opened this podcast with, or this, this webinar with um, a story about a site in Miami that was doing fraud. Like there's a lot of that reputation built into Miami. So the more you can do to alleviate their concerns, like we have real patients. This is a real doctor's office. Um, those things go a long way in a place like Miami. Um it's it's internal medicine, right? Family family practice. Yeah, yeah. So that's really good because you have diversity of therapeutic indications that you guys see. Uh, so 
in short, it's your patience and your dad's involvement with them. And the long answer you don't want to hear is it's going to be a lot harder for you than if you were anywhere else in the country. That's just like honest, honest advice. And it doesn't seem like you want to move from Miami. I don't blame you. Um, but it's going to be tougher for you to get studies there. But that is, at the end of the day, they need patience. And they need to research naive patients, which is a really important thing in Miami. It's a problem that recycled patients in Miami. Uh, there's a lot of like negative connotations associated with research in Miami. So the closer you can get to like actual clinical care, and that's like your messaging to the sponsors, the better. Because the last thing we need in Miami is another research site, right? Like we do not need that. But what we do need are real patients in Miami seen by a real clinic and not some fraudulent like hole in the wall place that you can't tell, you know, what it is. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. I would yeah. just add, I would just add to what add on to what Dan was saying there. Also, something to keep in mind is um, Dan and I have a number of clients throughout the country, and two of our most successful clients are in Florida, eh, greater Miami area. So um, it may be a little bit more competitive and difficult to get started, but you can do quite well in Florida. They're the proof that it's it can be done because if you do good research there, they'll come back to you. Miami is a huge growing, growing area of the country. Like it's going to become increasingly more important. And I think a lot of these fraudulent sites are going to get weeded out. Thuy was asking about it. It's on my YouTube channel, Thuy, the, the latest video. It's like all about that um, that site in Miami that the that got uh, basically like their half their staff, if not all of them, go to prison soon. Uh, it's on my YouTube channel. That's heavy. Oh. <laughs> Department of Justice, guys. They're not the FDA. All right. They don't send you a report. They just show up. Uh, they'll hit you upside the head with a, <laughs> their their gun. <laughs> they don't mess around. Yeah, the, as a, I think there's like memes that say everything happens in Florida, everything happens in Miami, right? <laughs> All the crazy stuff's happening. Yeah, especially in research. Yeah. But really, Roger, that's the answer, man. It's like the closer you can get to like patient care, this is what we already do with or without research. It would just be great to add research to it because the and if you can do the underserved angle um latino like if it's it's predominantly latino i don't know the nature of the practice but i imagine in miami it's like heavy heavily latino no, yeah, for sure no i can't get more latino than, than yeah. <laughs> but there's and also um, well, i can i was just gonna say there's also a strong haitian creole population too that you guys should look into um which could be a differentiator for you all as well and yes. I think the beauty of Miami or Florida is that the community is prone to participate in studies. Everybody's more open to it than probably any other state. Yep. Okay, we got Agnes with a raised hand. How's it going, Agnes? Hi, Dan. Um, doing okay. Uh, calling you from Texas. I just wanted to know uh, what is the overview in Texas right now regarding clinics? A couple the, of us trained and we're thinking of getting active. Depends where. I mean, Houston, Houston's one of the busiest 
Houston's one of the most saturated markets for research sites in the country. Um, it's probably on the same scale as LA. It's not as bad as Miami, but it's there. Probably with Maybe Atlanta. Not Dallas. Uh, Dallas. Dallas. The Arlington, is, Dallas, Fort Worth area. Yeah, it's a little less competitive, but still pretty competitive, but not not as bad as Houston. Um, so are you thinking of starting a site or you want to work at a site or what? what's the um, outcome? The uh, desired outcome. I don't know even how to how to get the jobs and get some um, hands-on experience. But if it were possible, would really would have preferred to just pull together and start a site with your support. Yeah, I mean, those are two very different things, but both are possible. One's going to be a lot more work that's starting the site. I think, what's your background? Um, I'm in nursing and the other guy who I introduced, Michael, is a nurse too. So we're in the health I mean, field. Ashley, their CROs willing to hire nurses right now. Yeah, well, okay. feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. And uh, if you want, I can definitely submit your resume internally. Okay, thank you so much. Very welcome. That goes for anybody here too. And if that doesn't work, small site in your area, just go show up. Say, I'm Agnes. I have a nursing background. I learned about research from Latinos in clinical research. And I'm here to help in any way you need me. Um, and that's it. Just start. Do this that gonna, like 20 times. This is going to sound advert advertisement. <laughs> My, oh, I love it. I love but, it. But is the truth. I mean, if you don't want to wait until I mean waste a lot of time trying to get into you can always join the CRC Academy or the CRA Academy or the Clinicians Academy and and speed up that part so that way you can put that in your in your CV in your resume because when when you're showing the sponsors or the organizations that you are investing in your own education and investing obviously time and money that also shows um, a lot because oftentimes the companies hire people with clinical background, but uh, once they start working in research, they just realize that they don't really like research as they told they would. And, uh, and if they are already coming with some research background, they already showing that they, they actually like research and they understand research. That's a great point, Monica. Yeah, that's it's very true that they it's um because people don't realize that when you're going through the training process, that's also costing the CRO and all them time and money and and also from those that are already trained that are working that are overseen and helping train you as a newcomer, right? So they're investing a lot, hoping that you make it through the 90 day period. And and it is very true. A lot of even clinicians, um, they don't know what to expect. They think that because it's similar to the clinical industry, but uh, when you're talking to monitor-wise, it's very different, and and even sometimes CRC-wise, right? Uh, there, there's a lot of things that go into it, not just knowing the clinical background, and and so um, having that experience and exposure is really huge, and even more so, um, what I think is really amazing about uh, the CRC CRA academies that they have the internships. There are no other academies out there that offer the internships, and um, you get that experience, right? And so you can actually, and it's remote and you get to talk about that in your interview. And that's 
big because that's what they want. They don't want to just hear that you know the knowledge. They want to know that you have actual experience. And so that's that's where it's helpful, um, I think, very much. Dr. Chukwuma, thank you for raising your hand and being patient. Welcome. Thank you, Dan. Um, my, my question is this. Um, I'm wondering, I want to know how much you know about the medical monitoring role and um, how an IMG can get there. It's, um, do you have to be board certified to be a medical monitor? Because um, I've asked someone this question, someone I know, and he told me that he actually grew from the ranks, you know, in his company. And today he's a medical monitor and he isn't board certified. I want to doubt him, but I want to use this opportunity to ask if in your experience, if he could actually be telling the truth or <laughs> if you really have to be board certified to be well, <laughs> a medical well, monitor. <laughs> well, doctor, the he good said, news for you is we interviewed a lady on this. Okay. She's an IMG yeah. from Mexico. Mexico. I'm trying to find mm -hmm. the video right now so I can put it in the chat. So you don't I even need to worry about my too. opinion. Yeah, our opinion doesn't even matter. Uh, it's somebody who did it. It's not, so it's, that's proof that it's possible. Now, the way she did it oh, is she went the study coordinator route. And the way she explained it is because the reason they're doing that, it's kind of a recently new thing. Uh, it's just the labor shortage. Like there's too much supply of study, not enough workers. So they made an exception for her. There's nowhere in the FDA guidance that says medical monitor needs to be licensed um, in the United States. If you're licensed somewhere else and you live in the United States, I mean, it shouldn't matter. Most of these studies are international studies anyways. So I'm trying to find that video, but yeah, Monica, Ashley or Judy, you guys wanted to add something? Um, I mean, I don't know specifics, uh, but I do know that, um, you know, for me personally with, you know, where I work um, and I don't, personally like to say, you know, names or anything, but uh, where I work, I know that should you like to move forward in any position in your job, um, you can definitely move up the ranks. So um, I don't find it odd that your friends stated that because, I mean, uh, anything is possible when you are with the CRO or sponsor because they really want to keep you in-house. And sometimes, you know, to keep people in-house and happy, it's you're allowing them to expand and grow their knowledge set. And especially from somebody that's you know, starting from monitor all the way to project monitor and then going into medical monitor. I mean, I, I don't see why that is not possible. Um, but again, we're, uh, I'm not fully qualified to say yes or no, but so definitely watch the video. Um, yeah, that's why right Dan here. and we do those um, recordings because it's, it's really great to hear from those from the actual industry that are doing it. Your friend is a very good friend. I just put it in the chat and he's probably subscribed to Latinos in Clinical Research and to Dan's Fair YouTube channel. So make sure you do the same. Um, but there's the link right there. You don't need to hear it from us anymore. You just hear it from someone who did it. And she's one of many. It's just the one that we happen to interview. Thank you very much. This helps. Yeah, man. Good luck. You can do it. I think the coordinator route is the most practical way to go about it. All right. Thank you. We Thuy? have someone with a hand raised. Yeah, yeah thank you, Thuy. Thuy. Hey, um, Dan, I have, I have a question. I manage a ophthalmology site in Georgia. And when I give my uh, coordinators regulatory stuff to do, 
the SBA 1572 form has not been updated this year, and that's that's okay, right? Yeah, they. I noticed this too. One of my um, employees brought that up. The anyone could Google a 1572 form right now; it's expired. So every right. <laughs> study has an expired 1572 form. The FDA released a guidance on this. I don't remember what they said, but basically they said it's okay. So we just continue to use it until they, they yeah. make a fresh one. I find it rather odd too, but I think COVID, or they blame it on COVID, or uh, they blame yeah. it on the supply shor <laughs> labor shortage. Who knows? Somebody can't change the date. And then uh, also I had another question. I have a friend that only did, he has his health sciences degree, and he only did about three years as a clinical research um coordinator and now he's moving and he's trying so hard to get like a beginner cra position in another state but um i guess he'll get like decline letters saying he doesn't have enough experience so yeah. what can he do to kind of get a foot in the door in the cra route that, does your friend has a bachelor's yes it's just not applying enough. Uh, it's and and it's applying to the roles that he's probably not gonna get. So, like you mm -hmm. need, to, he needs to go for the ones that are lesser known, like remote site monitor. I mean, this girl right here to my right has it. Well, at least that's where Ashley shows up on my screen. She's on my right. <laughs> she's somewhere around here. But remote site monitor, in-house CRA, clinical trial assistant. It, to be a CRA, just get at the CRO level. And it won't take long before they offer you, if you do a, like a moderately good job, CRA role in the next year. So he's just probably... I mean, he could get lucky and get a CRA role. Um, another thing he can do is network with his former monitors if he left them on good terms. Yeah. Um, but, and, and like the monitors was telling us, it's like he should reach out to the bigger CRO companies, like the yeah. well-known ones. But they're the ones that I guess they're looking more for like senior CRA than, than yeah. AC level. The so bigger ones want like, they want like remote site monitors and then to groom them later. I would like to say that um, definitely what happened during the COVID, like the COVID scenario or whatever, there was the, the start of the boom in research and CROs and sponsors were in such huge need that they were just taking applicants, taking app applicants. And I know that there are some CROs um, out there that uh, have already kind of slowed down on taking up remote site monitors and CRA ones, CRA ones, right? Because those are the ones that filled up very, very quickly. Uh, they're now focusing a little bit more on those with experience. However, a lot of people don't realize that, um, uh, so like at a site level, you would get clinical research coordinator. At CRO levels, they have clinical trial coordinators, right? And those are the ones that they don't expect, you know, to have, they'll take you if they don't have any background. I've even heard of individuals that don't even have to have their full bachelor's, but as long as they have some experience in the clinical industry and in clinical operations and things like that, they, you know, again, if you interview well, um, you can still get in, right? And which is great because the things with the CROs and sponsors that because there's such a need and there's such a need for higher up, they're constantly checking in with you, especially if you're really great and when you get your foot in, um, they're constantly wanting to move you up further and further and further very, very fast, right? Should you, of course, 
be able to do that. So um, I always like to tell people that, you know, even if you're looking for a certain position and you get one or two positions below, that's perfectly fine. You can move up very, very, very fast because of the way that the scenario is right now within the CROs. They need more upper management or higher levels. So there's constantly working the, you know, the, the beginner levels to push them up further and promote them faster so that they can get that experience and exposure quicker. So um, definitely have them look at the, you know, remote site monitor, but I feel the ones that will be more open right now are clinical trial coordinators and CROs and sponsors. Yeah, because I, like, we work with LabCorp and I see a lot of the clinicals, like, there is research coordinators that are sending, like, regulatory mm -hmm. items, not CRAs. Mm -hmm. And, and that, I just started seeing that probably about a year now where it's from a CRO company, but they're listed as uh, research coordinators. Yeah, and a lot of them, they'll handle, they'll help handle regulatory or aspects of regulatory, and they'll also help with like the, you know, kind of like what a CRC will do in site, except for they're very like expanded at the site level, but they help a lot with the regulatory, the keeping of the track of the documents, et cetera, submitting to the monitors yeah. and all of that. Well, in the CRO's perspective, uh, depending on which one, right, but I know for in mine, the CTCs uh, handle a lot of regulatory. They help the re remote site monitors and CRAs uh, on the backtrack with like amendments and keeping track of the documents, and the ETMF and things like that. So um, it's a lot of good exposure. It's not as hands-on, obviously, as a CRC on site. Um, but yeah. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. T asked me a question um, on in the chat. So for those at bigger sites, how do you prevent yourself from becoming overly specialized? Or is it not something to worry about? This is a controversial topic. I personally think this is something to worry about. I think bigger sites they're designed in a way, it's not done on purpose, but it's designed to maximize efficiency at the expense of you learning other tasks. So what does that do? It does nothing in the short term. Maybe it sounds great because your job's pretty easy um, or streamlined at least. But when you try to move on, like usually from an AMC to private industry, you become untouchable. I've heard some hiring managers say, people from this AMC are untouchable. We're not going to hire them because we know what the culture is there and they're not going to fit well at Ikevia or at PPD or wherever they're from. So it's the the less time, unless you like it there, then there's no issue or you like academia. But if you want to eventually like explore multiple possibilities within research, I think you need to get out of these streamlined places. Um, it's just it's my also, opinion. I think it's also good to mention that usually in those scenarios, because um, I was in public health after my the position that I had in the hybrid research clinic, um, but I did uh, work with UT Southwestern Medical Center, who is heavy and known for its Nobel laureates in research. And you do see that in the research centers, facilities, people really don't move from their position, right? People are like, they stay there. So for you to move up, you either have to completely move to different departments and really like mesh out as opposed to if you were to be at a you know a site specifically outside of the ac academia or in the CRO, there's there's available there's movement, right? You have uh, room for movement. So yeah, it's just uh, what Dan said for sure. Yeah, I get a lot of hate on that one, but it's the truth. At least it's my truth. If it's not the truth. 
I agree with Dan. I think uh, if you can learn as much as you can in the various roles, then you'll have the opportunities to go into the different areas. If you stick to one thing, one thing only, you're not going to move around too much and it's going to be yes. harder to go somewhere else. It's going to narrow so much your mm -hmm. possibilities. Exactly. And T raised their hand. So if you feel free, if you want T to add more color or um, get this conversation going. Uh, I guess it kind of got answered a bit. I was just wondering if um, your advice changed depending on if it was more site level or CRO level. Uh, yeah, no. Is it an AMC, Academic Medical Center? No. Okay. Um, so I, this is another anecdotal example. There's a private CRO they focus on phase one. I forgot. I honestly forgot their name. They're in Phoenix and they, they do a lot of like, they used to do a lot of nicotine type of studies. So smoking cessation, but now they're doing different things with, with different nicotinic receptors and people from there who work there, they have everything streamlined. So like you just do dead entry, you just answer the queries, you just upload documents here. Like it's very streamlined. It makes it very efficient for them. But when they, and they may give them a title like coordinator or whatever, but when they go interview at just a, a regular site, they usually don't get hired. And that's, that's because of that streamline. So that's, that's an example of like a non AMC where the same problem still exists. So if you feel like you are in that situation and you do want to try other uh, companies in the industry, I would try to see what you can do about that. Either internally talk to some people there and say, Hey, can I be given more, more um, challenging tasks or just different responsibilities? Or if not, just try it elsewhere. It's a huge industry. You shouldn't be, uh, you know, pigeonholed in just one one area. If that's not what you want. No, that was really helpful. Thank you all for expanding on that. Yeah, thank you. Anyone else? Thank you, guys, and gals for joining. I was just gonna say, there's also opportunities within the vendors right? Like tech vendors and things. So if you have like industry experience and you want to kind of venture out, I think there's, there's some opportunities there that may exist. Yeah. And the vendors are going to run. I mean, we didn't talk about that till the end, but in about 10 years, I think the vendors specifically Viva is going to be like more powerful than I even Ikevia and PPD because they're, They've got a lot going on where they're digitizing everything and they're going to have the sites buy-in. They already have the sponsor and CRO market. So now they're just going to have the, the site market. And I think it's game over like once Viva gets their third act going. So yeah, the vendors, and they're, they're going to probably acquire a bunch of these smaller tech companies too. Just like, just like WCG IRB has been buying every IRB and God knows what else, like every other training program that exists. They even buy sites. So there's going to be a lot of consolidation in the tech space, especially now with the funding drying up from the venture capital, where you're going to have these established players taking over these um, money losing, but still promising tech companies. 
money burning. A recession yeah. tends to do that. Recession tends to weed out the non-profitable companies, even though if they have good ideas. I feel like that's a whole other topic too, for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Next definitely. month. Yeah, next, next month, right? No, we're yeah. not going to do that next month. <laughs> 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 Unless we are, I don't know. Oh, yes. Next uh, month, now Monica. that everybody, now that everybody's here, next month we're going to bring uh, lawyers that are going to be talking about immigration and possibilities. Um, so, mm. highly recommended to invite everybody. Please bring your questions. Um, and, uh, I mean... Why not, if you right? know anybody <laughs> that this would help, if you know anybody that this will help, please let them know. We're going to definitely be shooting out you know, email blasts. If you're not on our you know, lists or subscribe to our email list, please go to latinosinclinicalresearch.com. Subscribe. We do not do any you know, um, spam or anything. It's only for the webinars. So please subscribe so you can get those updates. We actually have a lot of really great things coming down the pipeline that uh, we know would be super beneficial for everybody. Uh, especially, you know, um, you know, the um, for those that are really trying to get into the industry and um, those that know it, people that are trying to get in. Yep. Yeah, I'm actually just a little, a little teaser. <laughs> uh, when I spoke with them, they mentioned that research has a special, uh, how can I say, like a special treatment or something like that when it comes to immigration, just because obviously. Uh, I, I think part part of it is the shortage, and and I think also diversity. So we invite you for the next um, webinar. Yeah, I think it's like skilled skilled labor uh, treated differently. But I'm not an attorney. But yeah, that's probably yeah. I'll be on that one next next month. And then we do have a Latinos in Clinical Research YouTube channel. We do have a Latinos in Clinical Research Instagram page. We have a Latinos in Clinical Research LinkedIn. Just connect with us on all those places so you don't miss the next webinar. I don't do every Latinos in Clinical Research webinar on my Clinical Trials Guru list. So if you're not subscribed to latinosinclinicalresearch.com, you might miss them because I don't do all of them there. Um, so every month we'll do another one on, on here on Zoom. And again, it's open to everybody, not just Latinos. Um, For all ethnicities. Everyone, yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. So anyone else? Carla, nice to see you. You're on late, but it's all good. Speaking of Miami and speaking of somebody that works really hard and very knowledgeable is Carla Veranovas. Okay. Thank you, questions. everyone. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Thank you, we look forward you. to next month. Yeah. See everybody then. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. For sharing your knowledge and everything regarding this industries and everything okay thank you thank you thank, thank you very you. much thank you thank you for thank attending you. everybody